morning and welcome. Thank you for listening to Blog to Back Talk with Sharona. Happy Saturday. It's Saturday morning. A Saturday morning show always sounds like a great idea until I wake up early on Saturday morning and have to try to get all um, together and and prepared for this. But we're going to have a big show today in our first hour. This week's edition of Chopping It Up with Matt Wood. I sat down with my buddy Matt Wood on and we talked a little bit about debate night. We talked about the news uh, about Donald Trump and the uh, violation of the Cuba embargo back in 1998. How big is that? What will people make of that? Matt and I talked about that a little bit. And then in our second hour, I'll be joined live by my friend Jennifer Eakins, who covers the Denver Broncos and writes about fantasy sports. It's a big Saturday uh for our college football teams, Georgia and Tennessee play this afternoon. Um, Georgia coming off that uh, just a bad loss last week, and you know they're experiencing some struggles. And it's um, you know it's it's always difficult. Jennifer and I will talk about this, but it's always difficult when you move on from a a coach who's been there for a long time, like they did with Mark Rick. And they're going to be, Georgia's going to be in a bit of transition for, uh, you know, for a few years. And fans are going to have to be patient. Ha <laughs> ha, I know, right? Like fans can ever be patient. Um, but, you know, that's the situation that they found themselves in. And uh, for Tennessee fans, for volunteer fans, uh, you know, they've gone through similar transition. Unfortunately for Tennessee, early on, they made extremely bad decisions. And, um, spent several years kind of in f- uh, football purgatory with um, with uh, Lane Kiffin and, and Derek Dooley, and hopefully they've got the right guy and Butch Jones, and you know they're currently undefeated. It's amazing, but they are. Um, today is going to be a big test. I know Georgia is struggling right now, but it's never an easy game. Really, not an easy game in 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 SEC football. So Jennifer Jennifer and I will talk about that. We'll talk some fantasy football. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos. I finally I'm finally buying into Trevor Simeon. I picked up Trevor Simeon in a couple of fantasy football leagues this past week. And I actually uh my DFS diary for Inside the Pylon will be coming out uh in, in the next couple of days. I actually picked him up in um in DFS. I'm playing him this week in in DFS. So we'll see how that goes. Very interested to get Jennifer's thoughts on that. And of course, fantasy football, the Sammy Watkins news. uh, Not, you know, it's not that surprising. And fortunately, uh, I really only had him in one league. Uh, It it was in a league where um, the, the bench is, we don't have a deep bench and we, I have, a bunch of injuries. So I felt comfortable in just going ahead and moving on. He'll be out at least for eight weeks. And so we'll monitor his situation, but you know, it, it's sad news, but um, it, they're, they're wise to, you know, to shut him down and, and let him try to heal. There's some information out there that maybe they should have done that earlier. Jennifer and I will talk about that. Um, and, and, and more weeks, you know, week, uh, that nature so stay tuned in for that 
Uh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy Josh Taylor, who joined me on Wednesday with some fantastic discussion about the Pittsburgh Steelers, what's going on with them, their injury situation, and whether Mike Tomlin should be on the hot seat. We also got you your week four picks. We'll see how I do this week. Um, and I also made some some uh, Vegas picks, picks against the spread for my friend Dan Head. You can check those out. We'll tweet out a link to his website where you can check that out and see. I did dreadfully last week um, in large part because I uh, believe too heavily in the Houston Texans and not enough in, in Bill Belichick. And also because of the Steelers and their injuries, you know, it's so hard to to predict injuries. You, you, it's impossible to to predict injuries and how they're going to to impact a a game. So anyway, we'll we'll see how I do this week. Hopefully, a little bit better. Um, I'll have to pull those picks together and we'll, we'll talk about them. I wanted to talk about, there was a, a, an article this past week. I haven't found it yet. Maybe while I'm playing uh, my chat with, with Matt Wood, I can find that. I want to talk about this uh, article. This uh, Apparently a guy in tech um, wrote an article it was all over my timeline. I just didn't have a chance to take a look at it. But he said that um, if women wanted to get jobs in tech, they had to act like men and they had to basically fake their online persona to look like men. And he was rightfully um, uh, brought a little bit to task about that. But it is interesting that um, there's still that kind of bias in a lot of different professions. Well, I'll try to find that, and maybe we can talk about that in um, the the latter part of this first hour. Uh, it, it's always an interesting you know, discussion. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's not going to matter anyway, because as I was preparing this morning for the show, I jumped on Gizmodo, and apparently, well, we... We know that there's a, a major hurricane that's just developed. Here we are, October 1st. Happy October, A. Um, there's a, a major hurricane that's just developed that's going to hit uh, Jamaica and cause a bunch of damage. We'll have to monitor that. But also, apparently, this, there is a massive earthquake along the San Andreas Fault that's about to um, produce a, a, a significant uh, earthquake, and uh, we'll tweet out the link to this article too. You know, uh, we live in interesting times, and um, you know, maybe the the powers that be, the higher powers, are trying to trying to tell us something. I don't know. Uh, very interesting. We'll take a real quick break, and then when we come back, my chat with Matt Wood. We sat down again, debate night. It was interesting for me watching debate night, and uh, you know, I have my we we've talked about Hillary Clinton a lot on this show, and I I understand a lot of the reservations out there. But it was interesting watching watching the debate as a woman, and Matt and I talk about that and a whole lot more. Uh, so again, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, my chat with Matt Wood. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona, so stay tuned in. <laughs>
All right, welcome back. This is week, this week's segment of Chopping It Up with my good buddy, Matt Wood. And um, we're going to, we, we turned our attention on the podcast this week back to politics a little bit. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was oh, like, is that me? Because no, it's usually me. <laughs> we did pick up some dirt on Donald Trump, and we are going to talk about it. Um, now, the, the the first debate was this week, and we talked a little bit about that on the podcast Wednesday. Matt and I are going to talk about that tonight. We're recording this for Saturday morning's podcast on Thursday evening, right before uh, what should be a pretty bad Thursday night football game, <laughs> so which I will probably watch on Twitter and uh, try to relax a little bit because Matt and I have both been busy this week, and which is why we're sitting down on Thursday night. So welcome back, Matt. I'm so happy we're able to, to get this together and do it. No, it's uh, great to be back. Yeah. Um, so the debates were, we're going to talk about the Donald Trump thing here in a minute, but I do want to get your thoughts on, on the first debate. It was, um, was it Monday night or Tuesday? It was Tuesday night, right? No, it was Monday night. Monday night, okay. Yeah, that's right, because I didn't watch Monday night football. You're right. I was like, it's Monday night debate, Um, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Um, That that, uh, debate went about just how I envisioned it in my head. Yeah. (laughs) One would come out there prepared. One would come out there, you know, being a moron. And it doesn't take much to bait Donald Trump. Yeah. The moment you attack his ego, he's got to he's got to try to set the record straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, he was an idiot. Yeah. Uh, his handlers had no control over him because they couldn't have control over him. Well, yeah. nobody has any control over him. I really, I legitimately felt sorry for the moderator, Lester Holt, who seems like an extremely nice man. But I was like, dude, you, what are you, you're not doing, you're not moderating, you're not doing anything. Oh, yeah, it's, well, I mean, it, I, I'm not sure how the selection process goes. And, you know, it's, it, Trump was so such a fucking baby about these damn things mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a debate with that guy because, uh, you know, uh, it you know, these people did it in the uh, Republican debates, and, you know, I think they all screwed me over or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, so maybe he doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, debate moderating experience. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, he was just a freaking, he, he became his stupid, ignorant self. Then he goes out on, and, you know, and, and I even told my wife, I'm like, you know what's going to happen tonight? You know, obviously Hillary's going to be prepared. He won't be. He'll be all freaking all pissy or whatever. And then he'll get on Twitter and go, oh, I was going to be so awesome, but, you know, I just didn't feel like it. Um, or, oh, this is rigged. Um, something happened. Uh, it, it's exactly how he how he does it. It's like, I'm never at fault. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's there's psychological disorders where <laughs> where you have to get examined if you're never at fault. Um but yeah, and then, so the next debate, well, the next debate is the vice presidential debate, so that's going to be a snooze fest because they're going to actually talk policy. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, now, the, the how, next, many, how many times are Hillary and Donald, I, I thought they were supposed to debate two more times. They are, they are. Okay. So the second, yeah. so the vice presidential debate is next Tuesday, 
on the 4th. Then okay. the 9th, which I believe is a Sunday, um, that will be um, the next presidential debate. And that's going to be a town hall style. So you're, the moderator is going to have questions, but also the audience is going to ha- ask questions. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, they're probably planted questions and <laughs> whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's all theater, right? And and even then, you know, he's not going to have like a, a stack of index cards that he's reading off of to keep his, you know, script in line. So, of course, you know, somebody's going to ask a question that he's going to find offensive and then attack them on Twitter later on that night. Like, oh, hey. Well, that does seem to be his M.O. And, you know, it was interesting because we did talk about this on the Wednesday morning podcast. And I wrote about it in the podcast wrap-up that that we post um, after every show. And um, our chats are included in those on Bat Talk with Sharona. And, you know, as a woman, I was sitting there, and, of course, the first thing that I notice is that um, he just, that Donald Trump just repeatedly interrupts her. You know, even when it's her turn to talk, and she's supposed to, and any woman, I I guarantee you, easily 95% of of the women um, in this, of women in this country, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a high percentage have had to deal with this in their lifetime. I mean, you learn from an early age that you're going to get interrupted and and that your voice is um it, it's it's I don't want to get into it, but anyway, watching her be this is the most powerful politician in our country and he he you know he's berating and trying to bully her when it's her turn to talk and it was I was like just shut up and let her talk yeah. you know and it, it, that was the thing that initially that 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 you know kind of stuck out to me but you know that is his MO and um as the debate went on and this then this story comes out about the Miss Universe contestant mm-hmm. um who was I f- was she was Latina? I for, mm-hmm. I forget which country she was from, but you know who I'm talking about. And he yeah. bullied her for gaining some weight and called her fat and Miss Housekeeper and all of this stuff. And you know, but that's his mo. When you disagree with him, it, he it's all personal and it and awful. Oh yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, he's just, uh, uh, let's see, where, where'd she, Venezuela? Yes. Venezuela, okay. All yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, his, yeah, <laughs> I mean, what else can be said about yeah. the asshole, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, he's going to go out there and do it, and now he's trying to lay low, and He'll go back to his prepared speeches on his teleprompter, which is not a bad thing. Everybody uses a damn teleprompter. Well, but, well I mean. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, he'll go to that, and then it'll come up, you know, to the next debate. You know, uh, he'll fuck around then, too, and he'll probably go after some somebody who asked a damn question. <clears throat> you know, like, oh, hey, I don't know. I just found their Twitter. 
hey, all my followers, wouldn't it suck if you bombarded them and, mm-hmm. you know, shit outside their house or something? Uh, I could see him doing that. Um, and then, yeah, then who knows by the third debate. Yeah. I mean, the, with the third debate, that's October, oh, it's in the double digits. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that leaves, like, literally, like, three weeks to the election. Well, I'm even wondering if it's going to happen because, and we'll segue here in a few minutes and talk about this latest thing um, with Donald Trump. You know, it's interesting. A lot of things came out in this first debate that that were were very interesting. And and, and the first thing that beyond the constantly interrupting the woman thing, um, and the you know the appearances and, and whatever the. The thing that sticks out in my mind is the tax thing. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, he's been um, adamant about not releasing his taxes and using the uh, – he's um, being audited as an excuse and blah, blah, blah. And so, it, you know, and finally he, you know, it comes out – that he hasn't paid any. He seemed pretty proud about that, and yeah. um, and said, "Well, you just squander it." And uh, we we mentioned this on the show Wednesday morning. Somebody, I need to go out and find that tweet and 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 include it. But somebody in response to that tweeted out that retweeted the photo of his wife and child, his latest wife, I should say, mm-hmm. and his child in their gold plated mansion bathroom or foyer or wherever it was taken and like he hasn't squandered eons of money oh and then it's like but guess what all those people that sit there and made that gold-plated bathroom or built his house you know they all had to pay taxes well they got stiff too he 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 has stiffed so many people in his lifetime i mean there are so many stories out there about you know, people who have done work for him who who haven't been paid for it, and of course, the Miss Universe she got stiffed in, in, in as far as getting compensation, and you know that's just such a it's there's overwhelming evidence that he doesn't you know settle his debts and, and doesn't pay people for the work that they do for him. Um, and, but you know the thing is and. I want to ask you, I want to ask you about this. Get get your thoughts on this. His followers are so die hard; they don't seem to care. Oh no, they don't. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess you could say that with any candidate. I mean, uh, I mean, look at Gary Johnson. You know, the the whole what is Aleppo, and then just a couple of days ago, someone asked him what his favorite foreign leader was, and he drew a blank there. I mean. That should be pretty damning of a presidential candidate, but yet people are like, "Oh no, no, no." I mean, but yeah, but I will say Trump's Trump supporters are pretty much the worst of the bunch in the sense of, nope, nope, you're, he didn't lie. He right from his mouth, he said the mic was rigged. It was rigged. You, you know, it's like I don't know what type of disconnect that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you want. You want like this transparent government so the government can stop screwing you around, and this guy is literally lying to your face. I mean, it's and just you know, um, 
I mean, and I know. It's crazy. You know, it was like he'll, he would say something and, it, it, you know, one of the more brilliant and I think underrated aspects of, of the debate was that um, Hillary Clinton and her people were fact-checking him as mm-hmm. the debate was going on. And it was like he he would say something and there would be, well, well, and he, she actually well actually him on stage, which was kind of funny. Um, But, you know, it was like everything that was coming out of his mouth was completely contradicted by evidence. And, um, you know, even in one, and this is so funny to me. I mean, we laugh, but God help us if he gets elected, right? Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that's so funny to me is that um, she mentions that during the debate, that they're fact-checking him. He's like, well, check my website. And she pointed people to her Twitter and website and everything. Well, we're doing that same thing, and you can check my blah, 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 blah. Well, they weren't doing it. It was just a lie. Yeah. You know, he is the kind of, and listen, I have dated a guy just like this, who would lie about stupid stuff. Like if you, you know, the sun is shining. No, it's not. It's raining outside. Well, you can just look outside and see that the sun is shining, you know? I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, you know, obviously some sort of pathological disorder is there. And, (laughs) you know, and then you want to talk about Hillary's health. Um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then the sniffing thing. Did you catch that? The whole sniffing thing through the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, a man his age probably needs a lot of coke to get well, through. <laughs> that's what Howard Dean said, and I don't know. I mean, does he do probably, coke? Maybe he does. I don't know. You know, uh, you know maybe, probably not, but it's fun to joke about. It's fun to joke about in a way, <laughs> um, but you're right. You know, so much was made about her cough and... Um, the fact that she had pneumonia and everything in a not very nice fashion. I mean, it oh. was done in a terrible fashion. And and then, you know, he stands up there and sniffs the whole time and then blames his inability to answer the questions on a bad microphone. It was like... Yeah. Yeah. A, that That was just atrocious. And, I mean, and now the polls are kind of showing it. I mean, you know, because it it seems every time he's on the national stage, you know, he does something, somebody criticizes him, and then he's sitting there picking on somebody for a week and a half, and he, you know, he, 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 uh, he grows his divide. Now, granted, you know, his handlers told him to shut up for, like, yeah. For the whole month of August, for the, yeah. for the most part, you know. So, um, so obviously his poll numbers started going back up because everybody was focused on Hillary, especially after the the pneumonia thing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it, yeah. One of the other things, and I'd definitely want to uh, ask you about this Cuba thing and and kind of talk a little bit about it too. But another thing that that came out, um, well, let me think. There was the she doesn't have the stamina to to do it, and um, the whole he was completely. Listen, one of the things that I think troubles me the most is how readily everyone wants to 
just breeze past and ignore the fact that this guy would, couldn't name a constitutional tenant to save his life. He has no idea what's mm-hmm. in our Constitution, how the government works, how it's supposed to work. Um, and, you know, and one of the things, and this is not funny, um, it was kind of ironic funny, I suppose, was about the stop and frisk thing. He was completely and utterly wrong about and corrected the moderator who was right. (laughs) And then had the gall to say, well, I have the temperament to be president and you don't. Yeah. It's like the moment some freaking country's leader goes, goes, no, we're not doing that. Strictly, as our sovereign nation, I, I cannot, as a sovereign leader, go along with this plan. So, no, we're out. He will... Who knows what the fuck he'll do? Send an airstrike? You know what? If, what if you know the UK goes? Sorry, we're we got our shit to deal with right now. We can't be a part of that. You know what are you gonna do? Yeah. Huh? Plant a dirty bomb in London? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, um, God, this guy pisses me off. But <laughs> it's just so crazy, you know. And I, and I understand that Hillary has her own issues and and all of that and. Yeah, I mean, if you're in politics, yeah, you know, nobody you can look at any politician and and there are things that you want to you know, raise your eyebrows about and question about, and we should, um, as you know, as media reporters, good citizens, mm-hmm. we should, you know, keep an eye on things because it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when there are questions about conflicts of interest and, and what have you, they definitely should be looked into. They should be talked about. But when you look at the overwhelming volume of evidence against these two candidates, the one with the mm-hmm. most troublesome history of ethical and legal issues, uh, it's, it's Donald Trump, and yet mm-hmm. Hil- you know Hillary can't seem to shake the... Cricket Hillary label. Oh, yeah. And she'll probably have that moniker for, you know, the rest of her days, whatever, to the, to the, you know, to the uh, Republicans. Um, she is the, the Margaret Thatcher in a way of, of just freaking hate watching. Yeah, except that Margaret Thatcher really was kind of sinister. And in well, a lot of and you know, but yeah, no, I agree. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. how they depict her. Is like you know, you know, I could, I, you know, there there will be a moment in the future, you know, natural causes and stuff. I mean, everybody dies, and the day she does, you know, you know, it's going to be on all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is an easy prediction to make, regardless oh, yes. if she becomes president or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, there and the, there were um, the, there was a photo circulating on Twitter, and if you Google image it, you can find similar photos too of uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a fella. Hang on, just a second. <clears throat> Pardon me, I needed to, to cough a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of a fella at um, a rally, or um, I don't know if it was at the actual. Um, debate or if it was at a rally or, or whatever, but he was wearing a T-shirt that you can purchase online. It's 
some t-shirt place that said I wish Hillary I wish Hillary had married OJ instead. Yeah. Horrible, disgusting people. I mean, and, and here's just a I guess a little tangent in a way of you know kind of going back to the because you just brought up the supporters again and kind of going back to like the diehard stuff. I mean, George Will, you know, who's, uh, if anybody's not familiar, is like, like the, uh, you know, like a bastion of conservatism. He is a, uh, you know, like the, the Warren Buffett, in a way, of the Republicans. And, um, you know, so he, he pens a thing saying, I mean, he is adamant, like, never Trump. Mm-hmm. And, he's, I mean, he's saying, you know, if Trump gets, you know, anything Trump, if Trump gets elected, it's the end of conservatism in America. And uh, you had people calling him a rhino. I was like, you're calling George fucking Will a rhino? Yeah. <laughs> how fucking twisted do you have to be? Well, do you remember, <laughs> it, I mean, how how much is Ted Cruz's soul worth? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously. You remember what Donald Trump had to say about Cruz and his wife, and, you know, it's like, but the good news, and there is good news, is that there are a large number of Republicans that have, I don't want to say jump ship, but that are, you know, I think we can objectively say doing what's best for this country and are saying, we can't uh, we can't let this man be president. Yeah. And we have to do something and you know and I commend them and I think you and I have talked about this Matt. If any and we and we want to talk about the Cuba thing. But if any good can come out of this entire situation, it's hopefully that the Republican Party can be saved because it has been overrun and overtaken by the lunatic fringe. And um, and and that, in my opinion, is bad for democracy. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you get that whole, like, you know, like a conservative view is a small government. You know, a Trump president is not going to be a small government, especially with everything he says. You know how much manpower it's going to take and spending and uh-huh. all that stuff? Crazy. Crazy, crazy. So, okay, so um, over the last, I don't know, uh, 12 hours or so, this report came out, and I could not pull up the original Newsweek yeah. <laughs> report for for some reason, so I had to, to pull it up from The Guardian, and we'll be tweeting out a link to to this. <clears throat> there is a report that, that, that Donald Trump and one of his companies – uh, violated the Cuba embargo that was in place back in 1998, and that um, he had business dealings with uh, Fidel Castro and his Cuba uh, government when it was at a time when it was illegal to do so. Now we, you know, we're living in uh, a different era now where um, your relations with Cuba have stabilized and improved and and all of that and then you know and this is back in 1998 so i want to get your thoughts on it how big do you think this is how much do you think the voting republic republic the voting public is going to care about this i don't know i mean you 
they insulted a he insulted a gold star family, insulted a wow. POW. Yeah. I mean, and they <laughs> didn't care then. So him like trying to spend sixty eight grand in ninety eight in yeah. Cuba, you know, that's gonna be waters off the duck's back. Um <clears throat> Yeah, you know, an interesting thing and I I, sh- I meant to send this to you and I forgot. He was giving Trump was giving a at a rally or giving a speech or making an appearance, uh, something along those lines. I believe it was it was one day this week, and I'm pretty sure it was after the debate. Um, wherever it was, and I'll have to look it up, and we'll tweet this out. Wherever it was that he was, he asked the audience to self-identify yeah. whether or not they were a conservative Christian. And and then he changed his tune and said, no, wait, tell me if you're not a conservative Christian. And apparently some people raised their hands. And he said, should we keep them? Should we allow them to stay in here? I guess we'll allow them to stay in here. What do you make of all of that? That is bullshit. I mean, that's, hey, can you can all the undesirables please identify themselves <laughs> so I can... Uh, so I can probably, you know, make fun of them or just or something, make, no, right? maybe just point them out so my supporters can deal with you in in uncomforting ways. I mean, that's that's horse shit. Yeah. I mean, well, there there are some articles out there by um, by a, a few. I don't know how. I don't know the number. We might have to try to gather that. But by some women who. Um, by virtue of their job, have had to cover the Donald Trump campaign and what it means to be a woman. And uh, uh, Katie um, Turn, I believe is her name, at NBC, um, was one of the first early on to come out and talk about some of the things that she had experienced. And she's not the only one. She's just a name that came to my mind. And there have been other, you know, brave women who've come forward to talk about what, you know, the treatment that they have experienced, and there have been, there has been so much censorship from, from that campaign regarding the media, and, um, you know, it, it's pretty amazing that it's been allowed to. I mean, what do you do, right? But I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Well, and then it's like. Hey, you know, it's like he needs the media so he can, you know, you know, get his freaking bullshit message out there and to yeah. fuel whatever xenophobic shit in people's hearts and minds. Yeah. And then, you know, they're allowed in and he's like, oh, there they are. There's the disgusting, crooked media writing lies about me. And when I'm elected, I'm going to open up all these liable laws so I can punish them. It's like, oh, you're going to you're going to destroy the First Amendment. Cool. It's great. It's great that you guys are voting for that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was a there was a statement that was made that was particularly troubling, but I can't remember now um, what it was. Yeah, I think that. And it's like if if you think, oh, you know, like oh, well, duh, just you know, obviously say to appease him. You know, it's like if he can take away your first amendment, he's going to take away your second. And uh, that is, he doesn't. Care. I mean, it's all that is right next to the ten convenient. commandments. With, yeah with supporters like that. It's all about what's convenient. It, it, it's it's interesting because um, you're just going back to this Cuba thing, and now, of course it was in 1998, and his campaign spokesperson has come out and said that, you know, it was, you know, several years ago and, and whatever, and 
she made the comment that um, we're not allowed to talk about the Clintons' past history, and it, that sort of reminded me um, as I was looking at at the the you know, the narrative surrounding this Cuba thing. It reminded me of that whole, you know, um, Trump being so proud of himself that he did not mention. They didn't mention Bill Clinton's infidelity, alleged infidelities, and and you know I don't have any doubt, but that he cheated on her. I think we have. Oh yeah, I mean he he admitted yeah the inappropriate affair with Monica Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, Um, and but it's so but there are a couple of things here. First of all, Donald Trump hasn't been faithful to any woman ever. I mean, he's cheated on every wife that he's ever had. He's I forget, he's on his fourth, is he? I don't know how many times he's been I, married. You know. Um, but a lot. And um and as you mentioned, how she's responsible for you know, for what Bill does is is another thing. And listen, you know, um I know we wanna act like our marriages are, are supposed to be perfect, and you know we're all perfect little Puritans, and we don't do anything wrong and whatever. But there's a lot of sex going on in this country, okay? Oh yeah. And it's not just taking place in the White House; it's taking place in the factories, in the restaurants. You know, I mean, there's a relatively high divorce rate for a reason, and it's because monogamy is hard, and people like to get down. And so, you know, I mean, I know yeah. that we don't like to have these honest conversations with with each other about these things, but it's true. And I'm certainly not excusing some of the more, um, you know, uh, the the bad um, aspects yeah. of some of the things that, that Bill Clinton has been alleged to have done and um, and, and all of that. But to, you know, to to... Be proud of yourself that you didn't bring up her husband's track record with women when you're a disgusting scum of a a human being whose faithfulness is not even remotely, you know, in in doubt. I mean, we know that you're not. And then it's like, you know, it's like he's trying to send this message of like, hey, he could... She couldn't control her husband. How can she control this country? I'm like, I don't know. You cheated on every single one of your wives. I mean, how can you fuck this country over if you're trying to fuck the others? Well, or or how can we expect you to be faithful to this country when you've never been faithful to anything? You know, and and really, Giuliani tried. He tried to do the same thing and said she. Oh, she didn't say that. And said that she didn't. She wasn't competent to lead the country because of Bill Clinton. And of course, he has his own bad track record with being faithful, and and I think he married a cousin, um, which is kind of funny. And but but you know, here's the thing that I said on Wednesday, and then we'll try and wrap things up. I'll let you comment on this, and we'll try and wrap things up because the thirty minutes always goes fast. But you know, if she had divorced Bill, um, let's just you know, hypothetically speaking, if she had divorced Bill. Um, first of all, it probably would have put her economically disadvantaged, although, you know, she did have her own career and, and, and what have you. I mean, together, you know, not having to go through that divorce, it made their their earning capacity a little bit better. And, um, you know, I have no doubt she probably would have been fine. But then the narrative would have been, well, she couldn't even make her 
unsuccessful yeah. marriage. She couldn't make her marriage work. How could she be successful running this country? You know, mm-hmm. that's what the narrative would be. Oh yeah, it's like, hey, she left, she left her husband, and all this stuff. Because you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, like that that came out in ninety seven, ninety eight with Monica Lewinsky. Somewhere around there. So let's say that. So, I mean, so let's say it comes out. He tells her in private. Let's just say he tells her in private. Yeah, this this happened. You know, whatever. So she starts the motions of mm-hmm. getting the hell out of there. They divorce while he's still president, mind you, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows how the hell that situation works? Is there a fucking precedent for that? I mean, uh, you know. And then, um, and then you can sit there, and then then you got like two years of Clinton in the White House, probably getting nine million, you know, criticisms because he's divorced now. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And then, so. And then it comes down to right now where she's running for president as herself. And then she'll be like, oh, you're, if you left him, you know, those last two years, this country was in shit because he was so heart- heartbroken or whatever. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's so much that could have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'll have to try to find a link. I read a book. This has been... Lord, this has probably been maybe 10 years ago. It's been a pretty good while. Was it called All the President's Mistresses? Might have been the title of the book. But anyway, it was basically talking about, um, and I think there's only one president in our nation's history that the author was unable to identify that this person had had a mission. It may have been the guy who didn't, who's never married. Yeah, I was going to say it had. It, yeah. If it was anybody, it was Buchanan. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's like, you know, and I, I try not to get involved in people's private affairs, right? For it's none of my business, you know. And um, you know, what makes a, a successful relationship is is often. Uh, personal to to the two people, generally speaking, two people involved in the relationship, and so you know who am I to judge? And um, I, as long as what's going on is going on between consenting adults without um, you know foul play or or whatever, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I I'm fine with it, you know. So I don't try to get in, involved in all of that and make value judgments about it. Yeah. So. Matt, it's always fun. I enjoyed it. We'll have a a whole lot more to talk about after the next series of of events. We might not talk politics next week. We might have to t- turn our attention back to technology and, and, and whatever. I'll I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. All right, tell everybody out there where they can find you. Find me at Twitter at Woodstock. That's W-0-0-D-S-T-O-K. All right, thanks again. Thank you. All right, night. Bye. All right, welcome back. Thanks again for listening to Bat Talk with Sharona, our Saturday morning edition. It's always so fun to sit down with Matt 
and um, and talk about whatever you know we're talking about. We we've talked a lot about politics. We've talked about technology. I think we will talk technology next week because I definitely want to touch upon the the Yahoo data breach and um, situation there. It looks like it's far more serious than Yahoo first admitted. And um, its CEO, its woman, uh, female CEO, is is under fire right now. And so we'll see how that story develops. That's an interesting one. Um, And speaking of technology, I did find the article uh, talking about uh, the op-ed that was written for the Wall Street Journal, which I didn't even know it was for the Wall Street Journal. Um, Newspapers and media have undergone a rather dramatic change, and change is still ongoing. I had put on the notes that we should talk about all the layoffs and and what have you. We're seeing a dramatic shift, um, so this is kind of a good way, I suppose, to segue into that. But it was, you know, it's interesting that this was actually in the Wall Street Journal, and I was, it was brought to my attention this past week that. Uh, a University of Tennessee law professor who um, who writes some some op-ed pieces and he was a major douchebag um, to boot. It was encouraging motorists to run over pr- protesters and um, yeah, it just we live in interesting times. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but um, you know sometimes you're happy to leave some people behind. Uh, but this one in particular was was pretty interesting. The author of the piece, of the piece, and I, you know, I, I, it, it's interesting because I I do think that probably he had the best intentions with this. But this is why it's so important to to have conversations and and not to stick to sports, right? Because I I do think that this guy had the best of intentions, um, but, you know, Paul probably learned a lot from the backlash that, that he experienced. Anyway, he wrote this for the Wall Street Journal, and basically the gist of it is, we tweeted that out a few minutes ago, the gist of it is that women should pretend to be men in order to get jobs, because we do know it's not, this isn't a debate, this is a, an established fact that there is a lot of sexism and a lack of opportunity for women in technology. And um, so in in an effort to correct that, um, this solution was was offered, not let's fix the problem, but let's ignore the problem exists and, and ladies just act like you're men and you pretend to be men and fool these people in power who make these decisions fool them into hiring you. And, and I, I haven't read the whole thing. I, I'm sure that the people who make these decisions are, would just love to, to be fooled in that manner and to be thinking that they've hired this great guy to work for them. And, you know, uh oh, you know they've got this hormonal um, baby bearing uh, person instead, and you know there are a lot of reasons why 
um, the, the debt gets stacked against women um, in a lot of different professions. And um, that discussion is way beyond the, the scope of this show because we only have 10 more minutes left. And then we're going to turn our attention to sports and, and, and get Jennifer Eakin on the show. But it's an interesting discussion. And um, it was uh, it was interesting to see that um, uh, uh, there were not just women who who blew back against this this. Uh, op-ed piece, but there were were men as well, and you know it's always important to to have allies, and um, I, I think that we are seeing a dramatic change in in how how men do perceive a lot of these issues, and social media has really had an impact on that. Giving social media has given a voice to you know, to so many um, groups that have traditionally been disenfranchised and um, hopefully we'll continue to see more change. But that was an interesting one. I wanted to, 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 to share that with you guys and talk about that. Before we get too far away from politics, I have to talk about uh, the Gary Johnson question. Gary Johnson running as, as a libertarian. Uh, a lot of people think that he's basically a, a Democrat in libertarian disguise. I, I don't know. The libertarian party, like a lot of groups with some you know, diverse aspects to it, does have a wide range of, of um, ideas and, and people associated with it. it it's always pretty – and I've actually once voted for a libertarian um, – but I digress. It, but the Gary Johnson question is interesting to me because if you sit down and and listen to him and and listen to him talk, he's not that far off from Donald Trump and being utterly unqualified to be president of this country. He could not name any major world leader, um, and yet he was able to pick up endorsement by the Chicago Tribune. And um, I don't live in Chicago. I visited Chicago. It's a wonderful city. I love visiting there. I know that it's having a lot of issues right now. The the murder rate there is pretty high. There are a lot of reasons for that. Maybe we'll talk about that on a show soon. But so I I, I wasn't all that familiar with the Chicago Tribune. So I, I did a little research this morning and uh, it was funny to me, lo and behold, that is the newspaper that, that published the headline that incorrectly credited Dewey with the win over Harry Truman. And they've also had they had to defend um, itself against claims of plagiarism. It's got an interesting history. It's unquestionably done some things that are good. A lot of Pulitzers um, associated with it, even though it largely just, it, you know, Held held itself away from from that award, but it, but one of the things um, that 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 struck me was how cozy it was with the Nixon administration. Yet it did come out was I think the first newspaper to actually come out and ask for him to resign. So you know it, it's done some good things, but it's interesting that this newspaper. Um, endorsed Gary Johnson, calling him the most principled candidate, and it, it to me it it ties into the, the whole the woman can be the most qualified 
candidate. And there's no question but that, that Hillary Clinton is the most qualified candidate among all of them. That's Whether you like her or not, that's, that's a fact. Um, but yet, you know, the guy who can't name any major world leader gets gets a newspaper endorsement. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of funny to me. Um, it's, it's an interesting time in, in newspaper and, and media, too. I read uh, a very sad article this morning. I tweeted it out, the end of, of Mental Floss, the magazine. It was a wonderful article by one of the editors there, and um, talking about what what the magazine meant and, and and why it's no longer going to be in print and um, I, I am the world's listen I am very much committed to saving money okay I, I'll go ahead and say it I'm probably cheap and and I don't like paying for things if I can get away with it and I'm I've been very resistant to paying for news, to paying for media. I didn't like paywalls when they first came up. And, um, but, you know, I think that at some point you've got to realize that, um, and there are a lot of reasons why um, the there's a changing landscape in, in newspapers and media, and a lot of them are owned by people who should not own <laughs> own them but yet here we are we're just as a country if we want to get an independent a truly independent media we're going to have to start paying for it that's I think that's the bottom line and uh, I've been very resistant to that too you know the problem with that is it is identifying the what what is quality enough to make me pay for it and um, and it's it's hard because you do have these these traditionally you know um, good uh, publications that are and we've talked about this before the John Oliver Ratcat right um, that have undergone ownership changes and and they're producing content that I don't want to pay for you know I want to pay for the thing unfortunately we're coming to a point in time where where if you want to get the good stuff, you're going to have to pay for the bad stuff too. And it just makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad that, that we, that that's where we are. I don't know what, what the solution is, except maybe to encourage um, those who have our country's best interests at heart and who have the wherewithal and the money to do it, to, to purchase these publications and, and save us all, um, because an independent media, a media that is able to devote time and resources to covering uh, your local elections, to covering your local politicians, uh, because that's where it starts. You know, that's how you get accountability is by covering these things. That's important. That's vital. And um, the resources are just are going away. They're not there. And it's sad um, that, that that's where we are. 
All right, so um, that's it for the the, the non-sports portion of the show. You know, it's interesting. We're getting ready to take another quick break here in about five minutes. We'll be joined by Jennifer Eakins, who writes for 4 for 4 Football. We'll talk about college sports, college football, get you guys an update on what's going on with the Denver Broncos, and talk some fantasy football. We'll talk about the sad news about Sammy Watkins and some other injuries that um, that both of our teams and, and everybody else is experiencing in uh, playing fantasy football this year. But a topic that that I'm going to put on uh, the the upcoming list to, to discuss is how, and this has been going on as long, really, since the Internet age. I can remember this discussion going on when the Titans drafted Vince Young and when he was so good at the University of Texas and and how we anoint we anoint these young guys, these young quarterbacks coming out of college, fantastic college careers and they come into the NFL and they see, see success early because um they're new and they're different and these these uh, professional defensive coordinators don't yet have them figured out, right? And but they 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 come into the league, and and they start playing. And you have college tape, but but it's you know it's still a different thing. And so that a lot of times they have fantastic first years starting, whether they're a rookie or just a first year starter. And you know, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, Robert Griffin III. I mean, there's so many names that we can throw out for this. And Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota last year. I don't know why we keep getting this big shot look on our face, except that we keep getting these articles that anoint these young quarterbacks. And it basically it sets them up for failure because – in large part, we're completely and utterly unprepared for the struggles that are going to follow. They're going to struggle at some point, and a lot of times it's in their second season. And and then because we set them up for the, these these high expectations without regard for the fact that they're going to have these struggles um, when when they do enter those struggle uh, the struggle years. You know, they start to get labeled a bust, and it's really unfortunate because of how the new C- the CBA makes it so um, so easy, and and it's understandable that teams will want to play these guys earlier and earlier because the contracts are shorter. They have to make decisions about option years and, and all of that. But it's it's become, and it's not just at quarterback, don't get me wrong, but because quarterback is such a, um, a glamorous and, and, you know, and it's a position that people really pay attention to. You can talk about this in offensive line play as well. Um, and we give a lot of love to offensive lines because we love the guys who play in the trenches. But it's a discussion that you can have in a lot of positions. But it's particularly, I think, egregious when it comes to these young quarterbacks. And we're seeing it with Marcus Mariota. You have to be patient. And, and you have to give these guys the opportunity to have these growing pains. Um, they're going to struggle, and and that's just part of it. And you, hopefully, they get past those struggles and and learn from them, and and they're better. But it's going to happen, and and we have to 
we just have to be a lot more patient about it, and uh, unfortunately, we're not. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, more sports talk. We'll get Jennifer Eakin in here and and talk some Denver Broncos and and the big match between. I just noticed Nick Chubb is is out. That's good news for the Tennessee Volunteers. Anyway, so stay tuned in. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right. Welcome back. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. As always, I thank you for tuning in. We're going to turn our attention to to sports, and we're going to talk about uh, some college football. We'll talk about the Denver Broncos. Uh, We're going to get Jennifer Eakin in here in in, in just a minute and and have that discussion with her. Uh, You know, it's interesting. If you play fantasy football, like I do. I've got 10 teams. Some of them are best ball, but um, injuries are such a part of the game anymore. And it really does, you know, fantasy football is kind of luck oriented anyway. But if you, if you have a lot of injuries, it can totally change the complexion of, you know, of your teams. And I mentioned Sammy Watkins, uh, it, the the question on whether to hold on to him or not is is pretty interesting. I, I made the decision because in this particular league that that I'm playing in, we have we have very small benches. I have a lot of injuries: Des Bryant, uh, Tevin Coleman, Delaney Walker. I just went ahead and cut ties. So um, we'll get Jennifer's thoughts on that. We're joined now by Jennifer Eakin. Jen, it's so great to have you on. Good morning. How are you guys? Happy Saturday. Wake up, girl. <laughs> I'm up. I'm up. Totally up. Uh, well, we're going to start with the big game. And believe me, Jennifer, I gave your team a lot of sympathy because, I mean, I know how hard it is when you when you move away from a coach that you've had for a long time, like Georgia did with Mark Rick. And, you know, and, and Tennessee saw that, too. Um, you have to make the. Do you think that Georgia made the right decision with their new coaching hire? You know, I, I, I think it's too early to tell. You know, I like. You know, Georgia's the type of team, and you know how it is in the South. I mean, they'll yeah. always kind of go back to what they know. And you know, yeah. Kirby Smart, you know, went to Georgia, and he, you know, so I think <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't hate the hire. I just, you know, it's just too early, really. And and the yeah. Team, Oh, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's early. And, you know, we have a very, very young quarterback. You know, I'm glad yeah. at least that he finally made the decision to go with him. You know, the, the whole, you know, putting in Lambert at times and Eason, was, I'm just not a fan of. I'm just, I'm actually just not a fan of Lambert in general. So yeah. I'm glad he kind of decided to stick with one and um, see what they have. You know, it's too early. I, I was sad about Rick. I understood why, you know, that yeah. was a really under, you know, they under-delivered for, for a lot of years. And, I understand, but I think you know. Yeah. As I, I've come on and talked to you about it before, we have. You know, I was just, I was just upset because you know I remember what it was like before Rick. You know, and yeah. I think a lot of people don't. So yeah. they were all, you know, get rid of him, get rid of him. And I'm like, ah, they were really bad before he came. So, you know, it's too early to tell. We'll have to kind of uh, see how it goes. Yeah. It's hard for fans to be patient, and not you know I put myself in that category because. <clears throat> I think Jennifer and I have talked about this before. Listen, 
Um, and I, I can't remember. I think this was maybe Butch Jones's first year as the head coach for Tennessee. And, of course, the Vols made some terrible coaching hires uh, when when they moved on from Philip Fulmer. And that kind of set them back. But, you know, it, it's hard to – I've actually banned myself from tweeting about college football and tweeting about the Vols because – you know, I just got too, just was too much. But I'm back now and tweeting about it now because I've learned to have some patience. I'm, as, as you get older, you know, I think you develop a little bit more patience. But you know, it's it's hard to have patience when you are used to to that success. And fans do get spoiled. Oh, for sure. I I just tweeted out a little while ago. I put out my excuse me, I put out my Georgia flag this morning and I, you know, I almost didn't, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I take it out every Saturday morning, you know, and I pull it back in and this morning I'm like, am I going to put it out there? And I was like, no, you know, I am. I have to. Um, I, you know, yeah. I've already kind of resigned the season. I mean, I just don't think, you know, I think this is a season to kind of, you know, get our quarterback comfortable, you know, and obviously get Chubb healthy and kind of, you know, I just uh-huh. don't. You know, as long as I, I'm prepared for it and know that, you know, they're not going anywhere this season. They're not, you know, they're not coming out of the SEC East, that's for sure. So, you know, it'll it'll be a growing year, and then hopefully there's always next year. Always next year. Um, the, <laughs> the mantra of every fan of every sports team ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, uh, by the way, that game, Starts at two thirty. Uh, your all-world running back is out. That's bad mm-hmm. news for Georgia. But you know, you never know what kind of team you're going to get with the Vols. They start out very, very, very slow, and you know sometimes they really pick it up in the second half. Sometimes not. I don't think this is a gimme win by any means, and you know, it's. it's I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it just depends, you know, on on who shows up. Really, on both sides. I mean, Georgia's kind yeah. of been you know, up and down. I mean, like, that first game against North Carolina was great, you know, and then last week against Ole Miss, it was just a totally different, you know, it just depends on your setup. I'm, you know, mentally yeah. I'm prepared, you know, for, for a loss. Um, if they happen to win, that would be great. But, you know, I, like with Chubb out, I mean, Sonny Michelle is, is a good running back, you know. He's, I mean, yeah. he's not, you know, chump change. But at the same time, I just, the offensive line is awful. The defense is mm-hmm. pretty bad. I just don't. I don't really see anything good happening today, but it'll be fun, and I will be watching. <laughs> well, that's always the 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 important thing. You have to you have to go through the the good and the bad. Well, fortunately for you, the Denver Broncos, your your professional team, wow, they are doing so well. And I have to tell you, you know, I was very iffy about the Trevor Simeon thing, and uh, you and I talked about. You and I talked about that, and but I have actually I've bought in. I picked him up in a couple of football fantasy football leagues this past week, and I'm playing him this week in DFS. Wow, that's um yeah, that's interesting. I am not, but you know it's funny. Right before um, I was on here, I was on a little Twitter conversation. I can't remember who it was with right now, but people are apparently dropping Russell Wilson for Trevor Simeon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't even. I don't even know what to say about that. And I'm and I'm a Bronco well, homer, and I still can't even fathom that people are doing that. Um, I think Russell that Wilson's, Russell Wilson's dinged up. He's not having a, you know, last year it was dropping like, him we, outright for. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. No, I mean, I'm I'm debating. I actually have Russell Wilson in my um my fishbowl team, um, and I as of right now he's not in my lineup. I, I mean, they announced that he is playing, so I'll wait and see. I may switch him in, but. 
Um, as far as Simeon goes, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I think I think he's due for a bad game at some oh, point. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's Absolutely. not. I hope it's not this weekend, but he's definitely <laughs> going to have a game where he throws a couple picks and just can't. You know, I just think when, when teams you know you're starting to have film on him, they're going to figure him out a little bit. I'm thinking yeah. the beginning might just be a little bit of not luck, but just you know they don't really know much about him, and mm-hmm. you know he's you know he's performed well. Um, it'll definitely mm-hmm. be interesting to see you know how it goes, and it's interesting that you know they've played three you know difficult teams. I mean it's not like they've come yeah. out with you know I mean they've he's beaten three teams that you know were playoff teams, so I think it's interesting, and um, it's exciting around here that's for sure, but. You know, like I said, I'm personally cautiously optimistic. I know, I know there's yeah. going to be a you know a dog game coming from him at some point, but yeah. you know the defense, he, they really just don't need that much from him, and that's you know the same brain, you know model of, of what happened last year, where yeah. you know they just kind of he just kind of needs to be serviceable, and this defense, believe it or not, is better than last year's. I think so. I think that you know if they can just kind of stay the course and and not you know sustain too many injuries along the way, they could end up you know back where they were last year. I just now noticed, I guess, that um, the Broncos are, are this year's AFC West team for the AFC South because they play the, the Jaguars and the Titans. Um, they play the Raiders, Chargers. They've got the Chargers coming up twice, uh, and the Patriots. You know, it's it's an interesting schedule. I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay really struggling right now. Uh, Jameis Winston seeing that second year struggle that Marcus Mariota is seeing, and you know you mentioned Trevor Simeon. Yeah, you mean you've got to give these young quarterbacks an opportunity to grow, and then they mm-hmm. are going to struggle. It, it, we don't have much patience, it seems like anymore. Um, but I, I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay. The Falcons. Um, I think they'll beat the Falcons too. The Chargers have been better this year. Than I expected. I, For I'm, sure, I'm, and they it, haven't even they haven't even yeah. started their division games yet. I mean, they have to yeah. play the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders twice. All you know, all three of them, and it's not you know, division games are never gimme, you know. So, yeah. and they haven't even started that run yet. And so the Chiefs are good. Be, yeah, I mean, all three of those teams are definitely capable of beating the Broncos on yeah. any day. So, yeah. you know, it just kind of depends. I mean, the poor you know the poor Chargers, you know, the injuries are just you know, it's kind of comical. I mean, they just keep coming, yeah. you know, and so. Hopefully they can hang on to, you know, Melvin Gordon and a couple, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's been kind of rough for the Chargers. But you can never yeah. count them out. Rivers is just, you know, I, I have Rivers all over the place in fantasy. Do you? You know, I have <laughs> well, yeah, I have him in, like, almost every MFL. I have him, you know, I think I have him maybe on both my fantasy, my actual redraft teams. Um, He just, you know, he makes bad decisions. And he'll throw some picks, but he always yeah. ends up with garbage numbers at the end. He yeah. just does, you know. Yeah, he, so he's a I really good like option that. in fantasy. I, I agree. I almost, I was like, I, you know, I almost played him in DFS this week. It was interesting um, to, I think to I look do at have the him in one. Yeah, it was interesting to look mm-hmm. at the options and the numbers and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And I, I intend to do one more DFS. I'm going to try DraftKings, which I have not tried yet. I've all been doing all of mine on FanDuel. But but anyway, yeah, inter- injuries always change the complexion of things, and I was talking about that in the first hour. And when you look at the Steelers, I thought the Steelers were going to be really really good this year and, and win their division, and and I still think that they can. But man, they've just been hit, you know, by so many injuries. Although they do get a boost with Le'Veon Bell, and 
as a Le'Veon Bell fantasy owner, wow, I'm so excited to have him back. You know, it's funny. I actually have him too, but I also have D'Angelo Williams on that same team. So I'm kind oh. of like, uh, you know, like I've been um, – mm-hmm. it's actually the one that I'm in with you, the uh, the law one. Um, oh, yeah, I have, yeah, okay. Yeah, I have – so D'Angelo Williams has been fantastic, and now I'm yeah. like, oh, I have to pull him for Bell. I'm, I'm a little bit – you know, I'm a little weary. I don't know. You know, I want to see – Hopefully Bell is, you know, as healthy as we all think he is, and I hope he's, you know, ready to go. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because I actually have a lot of um, Ben Roethlisberger as well. And so in and, and my NFLs, I, my, my quarterbacks on most of my teams are Roethlisberger and Rivers. And so mm-hmm. last week was kind of rough because Roethlisberger yeah. was just a bad week. The pit, you know, Pittsburgh yeah. scored three points. And, I, you know, I ended up on the bottom in most of my NFLs because of well, that. Well, I, so, I had Carson um, Palmer. That was, I mean, and I think – one of the leagues where I dropped, where I picked up Trevor Simeon, I think I dropped Carson Palmer because I was like, you need to get out of here. You know, I, I actually have, I, I'm, man. I know it's hard. I'm in a league where I have Palmer was, I drafted him as my starter and then I ended up getting Rivers later. As my, so, and now I've just been playing Rivers so far this season. I'm just, you know, Carson's been riding the bench. And I mean, it's kind of crazy because it wasn't, you know, I didn't draft with that intention, but somehow just based on the way it's going. I don't know what's up with Palmer. I don't know if people, you know, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, old age, you know, this is it. Like, he's caught up and he's done. I just don't know. It'll be interesting. He had an injury at the end of, he had an injury at the end of last year. Not, was it a thumb or, anyway. Yeah, I think it was, uh, yes. He's got an injury, and I think that that's affecting him. And, you know, an old man time is undefeated. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's it's hard. The, the Sammy Watkins news uh, was big yesterday, although it's really not much of a surprise um, if you have him, if you own him in fantasy. He's been kind of struggling. And I, I have him in one league where we have a really um, short bench. I think there's like – room for four players and I've got Des Bryant and Tevin Coleman and Delaney Walker who are all questionable and injured and so I just wasn't able to hang on to him how do you feel about hanging on to Sammy Watkins you know it's interesting I happen to be I'm pretty anti Sammy Watkins so I actually do not have him anywhere this season so I'm okay Okay. with his injury Um, but yeah I don't know I mean it seems like he it just sounds like he's done. I mean, I know that they yeah. say eight weeks or whatever. I wouldn't hang on to him. I guess it depends, like you said. It depends on the depth of your bench. I mean, if yeah. you really have a pretty deep bench and you can kind of stash him, or if you have an IR spot, but yeah. if you only have a couple bench spots, I would. You, know, you just eight weeks is just too long. You, you can't. Know? And yeah. And yeah. even when he comes back, like that team is kind of a mess anyway. So I don't know yeah. if he, it's not like he's just gonna all of a sudden come back after eight weeks and be this stud. It's just I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Yeah, it's sad because Tyrod, I actually have him in a few places because he was supposed to have this excellent year. And, you know, it's like. He's still a pretty good fantasy. Yeah. He's still a pretty good fantasy option. He had a bad week one. And so I was like, I'm sitting you. And then, of course, he blew up in week two on that Thursday night game that nobody expected. So I was like, okay, I'm an idiot. Just, you know, and this is the thing about marquee players. That's hard. Um, you know, they're going to have bad games, but if you're, you know, if you buy into somebody, you have to be patient and and play them. And and so that that's kind of the struggle with Sammy Watkins because he is a marquee player, and I don't typically I don't believe in 
in moving away from your marquee guys early. But you, but I agree, you can't hold a guy that long. No, it's interesting that you're mentioning patience again because it's like, you know, I guess that's kind of a theme of the day. I guess you, when you think about <laughs> it, it's like football in general, like just, it doesn't, it requires patience. And I think fans and fantasy players just don't have a lot of it, you know. Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about even for college football, fantasy, regular, NFL, all of it. It's like patience yeah. is, is needed, but it's it's really a tough thing. I mean, fantasy, you know, it's tough for patience. People are, you know, the whole recency bias. People are just, they want mm-hmm. results now, and if they don't get it, goodbye, on to the next guy, you know? Yeah. How do you feel about the Texans offense? Brock Osweiler um, is struggling down there. Now they've lost J.J. Watt. Uh, I think Oswaller came out this week and said that the criticism is ridiculous. You had an up-close and personal look at him. What do you make of his struggles with the Texans? You know, I think what's happening is exactly what I thought would happen. You know, yeah. he's he doesn't have, you know, a ton of experience. I mean, he came in for a few games last year, but really, you know, yeah. he sat behind Peyton and just kind of learned, oh, excuse me, you know, for five years or, you know, and so I think, it's almost, you know, he's going to struggle like any new quarterback. I mean, he has, yeah. you know, he has talent. I mean, he's huge, and he has a good arm. It's just, you know, it's going to take time, you know, and he's mm-hmm. – I think exactly what's happening, you know, is happening. He's, you know, he, there's some spurts of, you know, he has some decent plays, and then he makes some bad decisions, and I think that's going to happen mm-hmm. with a guy that doesn't have, you know, the experience. And I think mm-hmm. – oh, excuse me. I think that – you know, I wouldn't like, you know, I, I like we all said, you know, I think we just need to be patient with him as well. I think that mm-hmm. people were so quick to be like, oh, he sucks, you know. I, I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I don't think he was worth the money he was given. I mean, that's for yeah. sure. But at the same time, I think he deserves, you know, a chance to kind of see yeah. what he has. And, you know, based on the t- – I mean, you know, quarterbacks are not growing on trees, you know, these days. Mm-hmm. And the, the talent pool seems to be getting smaller and smaller. So, you know, I think yeah. they should kind of, you know, just see what they have with him and – I mean, he's. I think he deserves to be a starter for now, you know, and then I guess we'll just mm-hmm. see what happens. But, you know, you and I talked about this, I think, last year, that even in college the talent is not what it used to be for quarterbacks. No. And it just seems like, you know, I don't know, maybe we, it was just a different time, but it just seems like when we were growing up watching football there were so many amazing, you know, starting quarterbacks and marquee franchise guys, and now it's just mm-hmm. kind of there's maybe one per year, you know, that – uh you can kind of hang your hat on, you know, and there's the surprises like Wentz and, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy when you see that. I mean, apparently in Philadelphia, he's the next, you know, he's the Messiah come back there. You know, they have like, I've seen these reports of just they're sold out of jerseys and, you know, there's this huge uh-huh. Wentz fever happening there. It's hilarious. Yeah. And he when when the struggles hit, it's going to, uh, you know, it's so sad to watch, these and and I think he's a good quarterback and I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of success in in the league. But um, we set the I think so often we set them up for failure by anointing them. I talked about that in the first hour of the show and and that doesn't give them much opportunity to to have those struggles and and mm-hmm. you know you saw it with um with RG3 and Colin Kaepernick and and even to a certain extent Russell Wilson even though he's still having you know success and there's and and they're going to there are going to be those guys who do you know continue to have you know that kind of success it, it, Ryan Tannehill is a guy that that also comes to mind, and I feel mm-hmm. and I know that he's really 
not been very good, and the Thursday night game was particularly dreadful. But when you look at and these colleges, listen, colleges, college football has become a billion dollar business on its own, and and it you it's separate and apart from the NFL anymore. Where it used to be like it was kind of a, de- a developmental league, it's just not that anymore. And they're not preparing these guys to come into the league. Um, there's more and more evidence of that. Offensive line play, quarterback, defensive back, these guys aren't being taught technique. They don't know how to track. They don't know how to, to move their, their legs and their hips anymore. Um, it, and it's because it's its own business now. And it's been moving that way for a long time. But, you know, the thing about um, Ryan Tannehill is that he was overdrafted, and you're taken in the first round. It was a bad quarterback class. I understand that. But you have a guy who really only played one year as quarterback mm-hmm. in college. And, and you know, he's just now getting to the point where he's got the experience that your typical quarterback does coming into the league. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it's the same thing with Brock. I mean, it wasn't like he was a three-year starter at Arizona State. I mean, he only played – I don't even think it was a full season, you know. So it's kind of a similar – you know, now that you point that out, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, he's kind of catching up to other guys that have, you know, more snaps. I mean, a lot more snaps. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, I feel so – and I know that there's – you know, he got his extension and blah, blah, blah. But I still feel badly for him because he's not – really had the opportunity to have that to have that growth and you you look at the Texans roster behind Brock Osweiler is Tom Savage and Brandon Whedon (laughs) you know so you would think that they'll be patient with and and I think Bill O'Brien is a patient guy but you'll think that they'll be patient with Brock Osweiler, Osweiler and give him you know that opportunity but yeah I mean it is interesting uh, back to the the Bell Williams thing, you know, yeah. Mike Tomlin came out and said um, they're going to give Le'Veon Bell all the work that he can handle and probably then some. So the the D'Angelo Williams question is interesting to me. I love the guy. I think he's great and, and all of that. But if I owned him and I don't, if I owned him, I just wouldn't feel at all confident about starting him. Yeah, no, he's on my bench um, for this week, but I'm certainly not going to drop him because until no, I no, 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 I wouldn't drop him at all. Go, no. you know, yeah. I mean, I have him, <clears throat> but I, yeah, I wouldn't. Feel, I mean, I think he's going to get out there. I think, you know, I think I read somewhere that uh, Tomlin had said, you know, that they 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 may even line up Bell as a, as a receiver, you know. And oh, they will. So, I want Eli Rogers he, yeah. everywhere, and I'm crying because <laughs> I have you know, I have Whedon, I have Whedon in a couple places, and I'm like, ugh, I don't, I don't think I've played him yet this season, and I don't think I'm going to even today or you know tomorrow. Yeah, but I think it'll, you know, I think D'Angelo will definitely get. Yeah. You know, he may be good for you know five to five to seven fantasy points. You know, I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to do anything wonderful, but you never know. I mean, he may bust one. You know, that's the thing. If he gets yeah. a small opportunity and then bust one out. You know, oh, well, I guess we'll have to see. I'm interested to see how Pittsburgh, you know, just kind of goes moving forward the rest of the season. Because like you said, you know, everyone kind of touted them as, you know, Super Bowl favorites or at least coming out of the AFC. And we haven't seen much yet, you know. And I don't know if Ben, you know, Ben is kind of one of those, kind of like Palmer. He's getting up and down injuries, you know. 
he was hurt last year the whole year and he played. Remember that yeah. one you know game he had to come mm-hmm. out and play because yeah. Landry Jones got hurt, or, you know, and so yeah. reminded me of Steve McNair. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean, Roethlisberger is you know as tough as they come. I mean, he gets out there when he's hurt, but you know, there's only so much you can really do. So I ask you about be interesting. Yeah, it will. I want to ask you about the Baltimore Ravens backfield, and then we'll talk about other guys that you're that you like this week, and other guys that you're sitting this week. But the Ravens backfield, and, and I ask you this because it's killing me in one of my <laughs> leagues. I love Justin Forsett. And he's still getting the majority of, you know, of the attention. But in this particular league, it's it's a modified PPR. In this particular league, and I had Justin Forsett and Terrence West, Terrence West has scored more points. And I had to make a move. I forget why. I had to pick up somebody, maybe because Delaney Walker's injured. And so I was just like, you know, I'm moving on. I, I've got to get rid of Justin Forsett and but I held on to Terrence West for that reason even though that backfield is a mess it really is I actually luckily I kind of I stayed away from that backfield and everything just because I knew you know going in and Uh, it's such a struggle because you've got Kenneth Dixon that you know he's yeah he's coming back and he's supposed to get most of the targets at some point and the rep it's just you know it's tough because you've got like you said Forsett was supposed to be, you know, the starter, and, and but at the same time, there's just not, I think they spread it around too much to really have, I don't, I don't think, you could play the game all season of which one, mm-hmm. and you're going to always, you know, you're going to get the wrong one, and so I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, my advice is just to stay away from it completely, especially like in DFS, yeah. I would never, you know, do any of those guys. Oh, no, no, um, no, no, you no, know, yeah. I just, you know, until, until someone emerges, I think it's going to be, you know, it'll always be a committee. Yeah. See, and it just—it's you know, the Ravens are just a weird team. I mean, I, I must yeah. you know, like even even their wideouts—it's the same thing. You don't yeah. really. Have, I stayed I mean, away from their wideouts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I actually have Flacco in in the fishbowl, and he's been great, you know. And and I've done even in DFS, I've done naked Flacco a couple times because I I don't trust anybody else. I don't know where it's mm-hmm. going, but somehow he gets the you know he gets the points. I don't care where they go to. I just kind of play him. Because mm-hmm. it's just an odd team. I mean, Pitta obviously has emerged as, you know, and he, he has, excuse me, I was doing my, you know, I do my tight end streaming piece weekly for mm-hmm. 4 for 4 And so in doing research, I discovered that Pitta actually has more targets than any of the wideouts. So he is, you know, at the moment, at least going into yeah. this week, he's the most targeted Raven. Um, so, I mean, I guess, he, you know, he's safe to play, but. Even, you know, with, I mean, Wallace and Perryman, it's just, it's you know, Steve Smith, you just don't know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's interesting. Oh, I've got, uh, I've just realized I have Sammy Watkins in our League of Laws, so I'm going to have to make a move there. Fortunately, I'm mm-hmm. pretty good in that league, and I've got, um, we've got a, a deep bench, and, and I'm pretty well set up. I'm actually yeah, starting Yeah, I'm 0-3. <laughs> oh, and three in that league, and I'm, I'm nine points behind the person in first place, and I'm in last place at 0-3. That's crazy. Talk about a bad bounce. Yeah. Zach beat me in week one. Yeah, Zach beat me in week one, and I was and I was second in the league in point scoring. Um, I'm actually playing Zach Prescott in that league. He, he was a guy that I picked up because simply because I wanted one share, and I was yeah. like, well – 
well, but I'm going to pick up because I think Carson, yeah, I've got Carson Palmer um, and as my main quarterback. And then it, like later on, I was like, uh, let me pick up Alex Smith again, because we do have such a deep, deep bench. Let me pick up yeah, Alex Smith do. just in case it's a really bad decision. You know what? I may end up moving away from, um, from Carson in this league and, and picking up some other guys. I just realized that I've got, Devin yeah, Funches. See, I'm so happy that I didn't buy completely into the Devin Funches hype. I think this is the only I might maybe have him in two different leagues because he really hasn't been anything this year. No, he hasn't. You know, in that league, I have it's interesting. I have um, I have Eli Manning and Derek Carr, and that's kind of like yeah. it's a, it's an every week <laughs> struggle of which one. I mean, they're both decent, and they both you know yeah. they both put up numbers, but and so far I've actually picked correctly. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm 0 3, but I've still picked correctly as far as you know, the points. Um, I have to get a win at some point. It's so, I mean, yeah. to be in second place in overall points and then be 0-3 in actual last place is just... Crazy. It's not a fun place to be. So no, I it's I not. I Jen. Um, I actually played Jen this week, and um, hopefully she's not listening to this, but at the moment she has, like, three guys in on a bye. She hasn't touched her team yet, so uh. I'm sure she'll get there, <laughs> but at the moment she hasn't. So, um, you know, I'm sure I played her last week. Point. We had a very close game. I, Jen's so great. I felt bad for. I felt mm-hmm. bad about beating her. I want to ask you about the the Jaguars and the Colts because they were kind of a popular streaming thing this week, especially the Colts. D. I was like, eh, not pass. And as it turns out, they're one of their best cornerbacks is going to be out for this game. So I'm glad that I did. But, you know, both these teams are bad. They're playing in London. Everybody thinks it's going to be a shootout. And I'm just not convinced. I'm I'm like, I have Philip Dorsett. I'm probably going to play him. But, and, and TJ Yeldon, I'm just not sure. Well, how do you feel about these two offenses? You know, I think it's one of those games that could go, it's going to be one extreme or the other. Like, I think yeah. it's either going to be a shootout or, like, no no one's going to be able to do anything because they're yeah. just kind of inept this year, and it'll just <laughs> kind of be, like, three to six or something. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, it's strange because every year with the Jaguars, it's like we keep waiting for this big, you know, the Jaguars are supposed to be really good every year. You know, they, have, they yeah. won free agency. They're going to be, you know, yeah. and somehow they're not. And it's like, it's just mm-hmm. odd because they have the talent. Very odd. It just doesn't translate you know and yeah. they got they got a bunch of really good players this offseason they got a bunch of bronco players from you know the super bowl team and they're still somehow not able to put it together um yeah, i guess bradley's not watched get fired much. guess bradley's yeah, going to I get mean, fired it's just a question of when right because i mean you, you look at the talent and you're like how are they not successful yeah. but somehow they're not and, and like i was about to say i admittedly haven't watched must have haven't watched uh, i can't speak this morning um, I haven't watched them very much this season, so, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on, but at the same time, it, it's baffling. I mean, I have some, you know, I have some Allen Robinson, and, and you know, yeah. kind of. Well, you play him. One he's a, game. He's a, but he's oh, the kind of marquee week. Yeah, he's yeah. the kind of marquee guy I mean, you're going to play every week. Of course. Absolutely. But it's frustrating when he doesn't, yeah. you know, when he. Um, well, I have shoot, him. I have Kelvin I Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin gave me no mm. points last week. Zero points last week. Yeah, that happened to my husband last week, and he was not happy. Um, uh, yeah, that's tough. I don't know what's up with that because, you know, he will. I think it's just, I don't know, you know. That team That team has kind of been interesting as well. The Panthers are yeah. not the Panthers of last year, at least not yet. I just you realized know. I have um, Dwayne Allen. I have... Let's see, three tight ends in our League of Laws. 
<clears throat> league, I have um, D- uh, Dwayne Allen is in my lineup right now simply because Delaney Walker was out last week, and he's questionable. He'll be a game-time decision. I'll monitor that. But uh, a guy I want to ask you about, because I picked him up in several leagues, is Tampa Bay's um, a young uh, tight end, Cameron Brait. How, how are you feeling mm-hmm. about him? <laughs> I like Braid a lot, actually. He was on my he was on he was on a streamer this week. Um, Denver, you know, doesn't so their one you know the one defense I'm sorry the one weakness on their defense has been to the tight end position for yep. some reason. Yep. And so that you know that's kind of the only you know which I is say, odd. I mean, I guess people, have, it's odd because Denver has a good group of linebackers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I don't know what it is, but for some reason they just they give up you know they give up red zone you know points to, to tight ends, and I'm not sure why. It's been like that for years, and I don't really, you know, it's interesting. Even when the defense kind of switches, when the players switch, somehow they still end up not being able to defend that. Um, but I like Bray. You know, I, I coming into the season, I, I kind of had him higher just because I knew, you know, the Austin Tafarian Jenkins thing just wasn't happening. I mean, he was yeah. fighting, you know, he was fighting with, with uh, Dirk, you know, his yeah. coach, you know, during training camp. So, yeah. I knew that wasn't going to go well, and so Braid is interesting. I mean, he's young, and, and he can play, you know. So yeah. I think this week, and, you know. And I it looks like he and Jameis Winston have a good rapport. Exactly, and I think that – I can't remember exactly, and I'm not in front of a computer right now, but I know that um, I think they have a decent, like, next couple weeks because I think in my piece I remember saying, like, even if, you know, this week against Denver scares you, like, I think there's a couple mm-hmm. more games coming up um, where he's a good fit. So, you, you know, grab him if you can kind of thing, you know, I think maybe, I mean, him and Winston may have a good rapport as far as, you know, the age and chemistry, and they just yeah. kind of, you know, are making they it happen, have, so. They have Panthers, 49ers, Raiders, Falcons, Bears, Chiefs, Seahawks, Chargers, Saints, okay. Cowboys. They play the Saints twice, yeah. and we know the Saints defense is very giving. Right, and the Falcons defense <laughs> is pretty bad, yeah. and the Colts defense is, or I mean, what, what yeah. they, oh, Raiders, you said, yeah, Raiders yeah. are not great either there, so. You know, he I think he's a good a good pickup to you know to get if you can kinda of hang on to him. I don't really, I don't have any of them. I have um like I have Delaney, you know, and a few that you mm-hmm. know is frustrating. I have Julius Thomas who, you know, I thought would be good with Bortles this yeah. year. Once again, there is you know, not much is happening there either. Yeah. And so I actually picked up and I think I have him um in, in the in the you know, the League of Law League there. Um I had mm-hmm. Julius Thomas. So I think this week I think I picked up Jack Doyle. I think it's that league that, you know, he's been a surprise. I mean, it was all about Dwayne Allen, you know, heading into this. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, no more Fleener. It's going to be all Allen. Great tight end. Here we go. And then somehow mm-hmm. this Doyle guy shows up, and he's getting more targets <laughs> at this point. So mm-hmm. kind of weird. But I picked him up because I'm like, I guess, you know, I don't know. I don't know where he came from. I had never heard of him until, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, he's having success there, you know, with luck. Yeah. And, and luck, you know, there's not a lot of success going on down there right now. But, Doyle seems to be, you know, they have a good rapport, I guess. Yeah, it's um, – I have Julia – I um, joined a league where you were only allowed to draft divisional players, and the AFC South sucks. Just I have Julius Thomas, Andrew Luck, um, it's just Wait, Chris Ivory. Chris come from the AFC South? Yes, Chris Ivory killed wow, me because – you know, he was a surprise. It had that mysterious illness or whatever. It was just crazy. Right. Um, who else do you have? concept for a league. Yeah. It's, yeah, the AFC South is, like, way low. 
in terms of points scored and, right. and, and, and what have you. Um, it's just an interesting division. Who else is on your streamers list? What, who other guys do you like streaming this week? Um, You know, this week, I'm trying to remember who I had on there. I have a look, but I think that, um, I know, you know, Rudolph has been kind of interesting. You know, I hate to recommend Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph, but at the same time, every yeah. week I'm like, I don't want to put him on here, but then the numbers, you know, indicate, yeah. you know, that he's just, he's a good, you know, he seems to be showing up this week. And it's kind of strange. I think, that, or this, this I think that he's going to be a good option with Sam Bradford, and Sam Bradford seems to like him a lot, and he's looking for him a lot. And so, yeah, um, He's a guy that I think is. I think he could be legit. I, I'm like I'm you. Weird. Every if, year, if you've yeah. had if you've had Kyle Kyle Rudolph, he's burned you so much that oh, you're like, oh, sure. But yep. I, think, I agree. So I, yeah. Yeah. I also have um, I have Zach Miller on there. I mean, he's got a great matchup with Detroit. You know, and I mean the Bears mm-hmm. are a mess. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. but somehow you know Hoyer and Miller together, you know, are, are a good pair. I mean, Miller. You know, I'm actually looking at my piece right now. Um, but, yeah, Miller is right now, after three weeks, he's tight end number four in fantasy points, PPR, like, uh, of, you know, out of the whole league. So, Zach Miller's a good one. I have Doyle, and then I have Braid. And then I also have the San Francisco, you know, combo. You've got Vance McDonald, who struggled a little bit. Uh, but then mm-hmm. there's also Garrett Selick, who actually is somehow getting more targets at this point. So, you know, they have a good matchup, and, and they have a good, you know – it's not if, if you really need someone, you know, kind of thing. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. this week, you know, it's weird. I saw, I saw a trend. I saw people starting to pick up Garrett Seelig. Like I thought I was crazy when I wrote the piece. I was like, people are going to think I'm nuts. But then I noticed people were picking him up. You know, so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess it's not just me. So those are those are basically my streamers for this week. I mean, I, I'm not really streaming because I have, you know, I drafted kind of in a way that I don't have to. But I'm sure I'll end up with an injury and have to do it anyway. Yeah. How do you feel about the the news, Josh Gordon news, disappointing? I didn't own him anywhere because uh, I was afraid this would would happen. Um, the Browns, I think the Browns actually did release him, didn't they? He's um, entered yeah, rehab again. Yeah, we were talking about it, yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about Andrew Hawkins? Uh, I don't really have an opinion on Andrew Hawkins, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't really... I don't know. I mean, Cleveland is just They're it's mess. hard to really, yeah, it's just hard. You know, I mean, the RG3 thing, you know, was exciting, and then that's over. So now you're like, mm-hmm. okay, they're back to this. It's just, it's tough. I, I always just feel bad. I feel bad for Cleveland. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the, you know, like, I feel bad for the players that get stuck mm-hmm. there. I mean, there's just something weird about Cleveland. They just can't, you know. I mean, luckily, yeah. hey, I will say, you know, the Cavs won, and they got their championship, but far as the Browns go, like, they just can't seem to get out of this hole that they've been in for 30 years, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what they do. It's like they, they have the first pick, they, you know, bunch, you know, bungle it, and they have, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, then, 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 and they've also been killed with injuries this year. I mean, you know, they've, mm-hmm. lost, they've already lost a couple, you know, it's just, yeah, I really wouldn't pick any, I mean, my only Cleveland advice is, you know, pick whoever's playing against them, really. <laughs> right, I know, you know? it's so sad. It's so sad. What advice, what what guys out there on the waiver wire in terms of wide receiver and running back do you like? Um, you know, it's interesting. This 
it's weird because it depends on the leagues, you know, like in, in the in mm-hmm. our fishbowl. I mean, the waiver wire is people are picking up names that I've never even heard of. And I'm like, I, I feel know. like I know, you know, I, I know my fair share here. And then I'm just seeing these names and I'm like, well, wait, who's that? Should I know who that is? Well, who, you know, I'm looking people up, you know, but I think as far as, you know, and I think the running backs, obviously Jordan Howard was a good one, you know, this week. I actually mm-hmm. was able to drop him last week because, you know, Langford went down. So that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get, you know, the majority of the workload. You know, people, a lot of people are picking up, you know, both Washingtons. You've got Dwayne and, you know, D'Angelo or whatever. I think that's his name, yeah. Um, you know, the one in, in Detroit who, you know, you've got Amir Abdullah went down. So, mm-hmm. you know, he should get some of that. Um, you know, I, I'm not really out of the whole Darkwa thing. I know a lot of people are into him. I'm not sure about him. I, I'm not running to grab him yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess we'll have to see. How do you um, feel about Bobby with... Rainey? The the Giants just added him because Shane Vereen is out. He went on IR. How are you feeling about Bobby Rainey? You know, I I like him. I liked him when he he used to be in Tampa, right? I, yeah. I think he yeah. you know he's 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 been all right. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there. I mean, Jennings is still healthy though, right? Or did he get hurt as well? I think he's I doubt remember. he's either questionable or doubtful. Um, he's been dinged up, too. Um, in, in PPR leagues, I, I kind of like Bobby Rainey, and he burned me in Tampa. Yeah. But, um, I, in fact, I just picked him up in our League of Law um, right. to, to, replace, yeah. Yeah, to replace Sammy Watkins. He was, you know, kind of the best. best ob- I didn't right. like any of the wide receivers. Well, kind of see how this goes but yeah, yeah the, the running back the running back thing has been crazy I mean even in Tampa you know you've got you know Doug Martin's out you know you've got Sims uh-huh. you know and I guess maybe Jaquiz Rogers I don't know if he's really you know I luckily in a league where I have Martin I luckily got Sims also so I just kind of plugged him in and I'm you know moving along but you know I as far as running back injuries I mean I got this week two I lost Martin I lost Arian Foster and I lost Danny Woodhead, the same team, like three running backs. So I'm like, wow. um, am I ever going to win again? I mean, it's, it's rough. <laughs> um, I was able yeah. to kind of – I grabbed Jordan Howard in that league, and I had Sims, and then Foster was my flex. So, you know, I'm able to kind of stick somebody else in there, and hopefully I can salvage my season. But that was rough. That was in one week. And then, actually, I lost Keenan Allen the week before on the same team. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's my main, you know, my home league. So, and last year I went um, – I actually went undefeated until the playoffs, and then I ended up losing. So I was hoping for a repeat, and not, that's not going to happen with that. You know, it's, that many it's interesting. I just jumped on NFL.com real quick, and um, they're saying that Terrence West could get the start this week. So maybe sticking, oh. yeah, and that's which is kind of interesting. Um, Deion Lewis set to return, um, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I think what probably after their bye. Uh, he's a guy who's out there. Is it time to stash him or not? I, I think if you have room, sure. Because, I mean, he's always, you know, if he, if he is actually healthy, you know, then you've got Brady back, and it's kind of going to be a different animal there. You know, for right now, I'm I'm kind of amazed with how much work Blunt has got. I mean, he's been, yeah. you know, I, I haven't actually in DFS this week. I've thrown him in a couple of lineups because, you know, and I think they announced this morning that Garoppolo was starting. So, I don't know. I mean, it's that – Patriots are just, you know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I don't trust they, it. It's amazing, and they keep winning, and, you know, Ugh. Jacoby Brissett had, um, you know, a good game. Of course, now they're listing Garoppolo and him as both, you know, 
typical Bill Belichick shenanigans, mm-hmm. eh? Right. But until Tom Brady comes back, I just I'm not going to rely on any of their fantasy players. <laughs> Yeah, I have Edelman, and it's one of those, you know, I have him in, in, in a redraft. I'm going to start him, you know. You kind of have to, but I don't I don't love the fact that I do, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, I'll throw him in there. But, you know, they're just incredible. It's it's unreal. I mean, it's just yeah. – I don't know when this – I assume when Belichick retires or whatever, you know, that's <laughs> when it will end. But it's just the Patriots, they just, you know, they just keep going. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do to them, they're still going to, you know, I mean – no one thought that they'd be, you know, four and zero. Brady comes back, and sure enough, no. you know, we'll see. But it's it's kind of Speaking, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, Delaney Walker and tight ends, who are your tight end replacements this week? And then I'll let you get out of here. Um, you know, like I said, I I like Doyle. I mean, he seems to be, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, Miller. I, I really, you know, I know a lot of people are weary of Chicago because they are pretty bad, yeah. but. Miller is, like I said, he's fourth overall right now in fantasy points of all tight ends. And so, you know, him and Hoyer were successful last week. So I would definitely pick him up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the Lions are not good um, defensively, and especially against the tight end. So um, I definitely would throw him in there, too. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You and I, of course, both, you know, were on the Virgil Green train. Yeah. I moved on. I had to move on. Yeah. I had to as well, but, you know, I don't know. You know, Howerman had a couple catches last week, but, I mean, I guess the Broncos just really don't. I, I would just stay away, obviously, from any tight end, yeah. you know, in Denver right now until they can kind of figure that out. I mean, Howerman, you know, there's so much talk about him coming out of Ohio State, and, you know, and then he got hurt in that first training camp, and then he got hurt again this training camp. And so mm-hmm. it's like I don't really know what they have in him. I mean, like I said, he made a couple catches last week, but it'll kind of be interesting to see there. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are on Fleener. I, I just that Saints offense is just so kind of uh, there's no consistency there. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't like Fleener, like even for DFS. I know a lot of people do, but I'm kind of off him. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna stay with the guys that are kind of making it happen. You know, week in and week mm-hmm. out, which you mm-hmm. know, like your Kidda, you know, Doyle mm-hmm. or Allen or um, you know, even Rudolph this week I think is a good play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Jen, it's always so much fun. Thank you so much. I know we had, uh, we went back and forth a little bit. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen this morning. And, you know, I I look forward to a good game. I hope neither one of our teams have too many injuries this afternoon. Agree. And as I told you, I'm I'm completely 100% mentally prepared for a loss, so I'm not... uh... (laughs) You're welcome to tweet at me. You're welcome to tweet at me if they're, you know, if Tennessee is up by a lot. I, I, I can take it. I'm ready. Um, and you know, you never know. Maybe, maybe the dogs will surprise everyone. I suck at trash talk. I'm not. I just, I just am not. I'm not a trash talker either. I'm just you know, me not. It's so funny because no. um, Rita, the NFL chick, and I kind of went through this with the Florida game, and I was like, I suck at trash mm-hmm. talk. I feel bad that we beat you, and I, and if we beat you today, Jen, I'm going to feel bad about it, but be happy that my team got the win. Yeah, I don't feel <laughs> bad about beating Florida ever. That, that would never well, happen. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, yes. I mean, Tennessee, yes. I, I You know, it'll, it'll be fun either way, and um, I'll, I'll certainly be watching. So, And I appreciate you having me on. Um, well, tell everybody where they can find your work and and find um, you on Twitter yeah. and all that before you get out of here. 
Yes, um, on, on Twitter, I'm at the Monday Mommy. And for right now, I'm doing mostly um, on 444 football. I have, on Tuesdays, I have a streaming tight end piece that comes out. And then I do a mailbag piece on Thursdays. So if anyone out there has any questions about anything, um, you can tweet me at the Monday Mommy, and I will uh, answer them in my Thursday piece on 444. And she's great. Um, give her a follow and read her work at 444. She does great work. Thanks again, Jen. Thanks, Sharona. Have a good one. Uh, you too. <clears throat> All right, we'll take another quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. So stay tuned in. You're listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. All right, shout out to Jennifer Eakins for joining me in that last segment. Uh, great chat about. Uh, the big game between Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee should win this game. I'm, you know, I'm just not confident. They they haven't really played all that well this year. I hope that they win and um, and all of that. And of course about the Denver Broncos, how great that they're playing and uh, the quarterback situation there. And then we finished up with some fantasy football talk. Very interesting year in, in fantasy football. Um, it does look like Terrence West might get the start. I'll take a chance on him, put him on my bench. I probably will not play him, but, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Good luck to you if you're playing fantasy football uh, this year. It's, you know, injuries always seem to to, ch- to take um, a toll on my fantasy teams, and uh, this year is, is no exception. A shout-out once again to, to Matt Wood, who joined me in our first hour talking about debate night and and the the two the three candidates really Jill Stein we haven't really talked about Jill Stein um you know, she her crazy is a bit too much for me but uh, we need to devote at least some time I, I think to her we'll try to work that in sometime soon and of course shout out to Josh Taylor who joined me on Wednesday with um, spouting his knowledge about the Steelers and. In their season, their injury situation, and of course, we talked about Mike Tomlin, who no, absolutely should not be on the hot seat. Uh, Mike Tomlin's a good coach; he's had a lot of success there. People get spoiled by success, and um, when when adversity hits, it's you know a little bit hard to deal with. So that's it for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. I am your host. My name is Sharona. You can follow me out there on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. Check out my website. That talk with Sharona. We always post a wrap up where we kind of summarize what what we talked about in in every show, and uh, we we did that for for our Wednesday show. We'll do that for today as well. And also check out my writing at Inside the Pylon. Uh, the last article that I wrote should drop probably today, maybe um, my weekly DFS diary. Um, last week I actually won. I'm very excited about it. Still can't get over it. Not big. I like won five bucks, but Hey, that was, you know, the price of admission. Right. And so a win's a win. Uh, I went through and, and picked my week four roster and I really do feel good about it. Um, so we'll see how I do this week. I finally, um, decided that, you know, Hey, that, that Miami defense might not be that good after all. They've got a as um, Josh Taylor put it, they've got a Byron Maxwell problem. So 
I did not select Miami's defense. We'll see how how my uh, selections did this week. So you can see um, see that article. And also, I'm doing an update to the Jason Morrow article that I did um, a few weeks ago when when the Titans signed him. Uh, I may hold off on that. I've, it's it's almost ready. I've done all the film work. But because it is Saturday and Delaney Walker is still questionable, and we might see more Jason Morrow uh, Sunday against the Texans. So um, we we may wait on that and, and see how that game goes. We'll see. But definitely check out all the great work that's being done over at, at Inside the Pylon. Also check out NFL Female. A lot of great stuff being done there as well and always proud to be associated with women who um, are committed and you know who who do such a great job and so so check it out as well and also you should check out my Wednesday night show with Zach Law going for two with Zach and Sharona we had Nathan Powell on Wednesday night that was a fun show you can find it on my YouTube channel. I hope that you have a great weekend. Happy Saturday. It's the 1st of October, another month, another opportunity to um, to start the, the month out right. So, um, you know, as, as we like to say on here, try to be kind to people. You know, it's so easy in today's world where the Internet gives you anonymity. Um, it, we could be a lot kinder to one another. Let's try to be kind to one another and, and remember that um, there's always a person, you know, behind the Twitter handle, behind the Facebook name, that, you know, and, and when it comes to athletes, there's, there's a person behind, you know, behind those names too. And you know, we, uh, I think we often, lose sight of that and, and lack patience when it comes to, to guys who are struggling and, and what have you. I hope you have a great day. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next week. We're only going to do one podcast. It will probably be on Wednesday. You can find uh, information for that on my Twitter page. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Bat Talk with Sharona. <laughs>